the way to minimize risk is by educating yourself. So if you're really well educated, then you don't have to account for that risk. So you can. Welcome to Learn With Us, brought to you by 303 and We are a team of four non-financial advisors who are exploring a revolutionary new financial approach that goes beyond money to prioritize your emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. Through weekly meetings and engaging podcasts, we strive to help you improve all aspects of your well-being as well as ours. Come join us on this journey of growth and self-improvement because at 303 and we believe true wealth extends beyond dollars and cents. Happy learning. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Learn With Us, brought to you by 303 and you. Today, we're going over Retire Before Mom and Dad, Part 4, Investing. And it was a doozy. Very dense. Very. Very. Very, very. I understood maybe about 40% of it, which is more than the first time. So, I mean, I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah. We little were, by little. I was listening to it and I was thinking, this is just a lot of information. No, he even tells you that you're going to have to come back and read it a couple times. There's no test or nothing. But mm-hmm. It is lingo or whatever you want to call it that you should know for sure. Most definitely. Yeah, he says life is a, it's an open book test anyways. It's true. Only no more cheating. Well, for some. First, he just goes over investing, which in general was talking about how if you don't know what you're doing the investing for, then it makes no sense or has no value, which I took that was pretty deep. He used the lost, sec- or the lost reference. I've never watched the show. Have you guys? No. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what this guy's talking about right now. <laughs> So after that, we jump right into stocks and bonds. I uh, had to write up a little thing to help explain it or break it down even more. Are you yeah, in a that, cheat sheet? Yeah, is that the thing you sent? I was literally just pulling that up just now. According yeah. to my research, stocks are basically like owning a piece of a company. So if the company does good, you do good. That's why you have to pick companies that you know are always growing. You own a tiny piece of the pie. But then bonds are just basically a loan and that it's guaranteed to be paid back. I mean, unless they go bankrupt, but usually paid back or even backed up by the government. I was seeing thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, They both have their advantages and disadvantages, though, as we go to find out. Yeah, stocks are more volatile, but they give up more return on the long run. Yeah, they do bonds better. Bonds are less volatile, but... They give less return. And then you have, is it the mutual funds? That's a bunch of companies all together. Yeah. Which, yeah I, which I like those because you don't have to sit there and be like, oh, let me pick a hundred individuals on my own. It's like, no, just buy this mutual fund and you have all of them. I mean, I've always heard of the S&P 500 and I thought it was like a NASCAR for some reason. That's mm-hmm. like, I don't know why. <laughs> that was like, I, I always picture it was like something weird. And then like, it literally means 500 stocks. Oh, that's awesome. 500 companies, it means. 500, yeah. Yeah, that's wild. It's wild that you can do that. And let's say, for example, you want to start, like right now, biotech. It's it's kind of hot, right? So you want to start investing in biotech, but you have no idea what company is good or bad. Do you just, do you just invest in a biotech mutual fund? Mutual funds, I feel like, is the safest way. But my fear is... How do they pick them? Are they 
they're just going off of old history or are they going off of someone sitting there? Is it just, I mean, nowadays there's probably AI ones that just pick every stock for you. Mm -hmm. That's my biggest fear with them. No, it's by the year. They, in a way they, they try to predict. Actually, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting confused. No, they, it's, I think it's live data by the end of the day, right? Are they always switching the 500 companies? Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. If oh, one really? starts tanking, they pull it and add another one. That's the beauty that it does it automatically for you. Oh, I guess I assumed it was like 500 screwed in, you know, stuck. No, no, no. They're all, they're, it's, it's always switching in and out. There's a script that controls them. Yeah. Well, that's a little safer then. Oh, yeah. So if you're like us, all this is probably not making great sense, but there's a way to make it easy as we learn in the next chapter. And that's with these four main goals. You have to diverse, which means don't keep all your eggs in one basket, which we've used from almost every book now has told us that. So I'm going to say we should definitely diverse. Mm -hmm. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? Well, it depends. Oh, you have a... No, I heard that there's a stock guy who literally has two. He's one of the richest men in the world. He says, don't diverse. You're wasting your money. Well, diversifying is, is to protect you from loss, to protect the risk. But if the way to minimize risk is by educating yourself. So if you're really well educated, then you don't have to account for that risk. So you can, uh, whatchamacallit, like, uh, specialize. I suppose. No, yeah, you almost have to become your own. As he says in other chapters, that it costs you money even. Not only does it cost you, like, the fear that you're having, but it's going to cost you more years of work if you don't learn. Mm -hmm. That's a good point, yeah. What page are you in right now? You left us behind, yeah, I, Equity? I didn't want to get into too much because, as we say, we are not financial advisors, and all this is definitely work you have to put in. We can't yeah. do it for mm -hmm. you. Well, I feel like a lot of those things that he goes over, it's like all we can really do is read the definitions that he puts out. Are you talking about the second the second one, Connor? Yes. Yeah, equities. He says his, the main point is we want our money invested in stocks more than we have in bonds. It, what is the reason, I guess? I'm, <laughs> that's where I'm getting You're confused. less likely to make... You'll make less money in bonds, won't you? Or oh, no, equity refers to that that like uh, ownership that you get over the company. So oh, so bonds you own nothing. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Oh wait, no, no, no. This is not equity. This is equities. Sorry, eliminate what I said. So what's the difference then? Equities would be stocks. I agree, though. I think stocks are are better than than loans because. Loans, you also get stuck at the rate. Let's say if you if you give out a loan for five percent. Well, that's what I was just saying. And yeah, so. Let me go ahead. Yeah, if you give out a loan at five percent, you only still make the five percent versus even if the market goes up to seven percent, correct? And they're like contracted for ten years or something, wasn't it? Or is it longer? Right. It could be up. He said one was like a hundred. Yeah, it can be. Do. I was like, what? You're like here, kids. <laughs> Hope this works out. So what's the third one? Then we go to low cost, which, I mean, that's obvious. Every dollar you spend is going to hurt your financial freedom. So anywhere you want to always keep everything low cost. Mm -hmm. 
and then keep it simple basically is the last part but he says simplicity <laughs> but like i'm saying keep it simple because if you're if you don't understand what you're doing then you don't care why you're doing it as we said in the beginning yeah and the more complicated it is the more chances you have of messing up too oh, i didn't even think of that if yeah there's a unneeded you're adding more risk for no reason right this next part really had me a little scared was retirement because mm-hmm. i still haven't started and i feel like i should have been i keep saying every year i got to i got to well aren't you started in stash <laughs> yeah but i don't have any of like isn't there actual retirement programs out there as he goes on to tell us you mean like 401ks and stuff vanguard and stuff like that mm-hmm. I have, yeah. I mean, no. I guess that's if you want to use those. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's options, products, right? right? Oh, I guess you're right. You don't have to. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'm still stuck in that 40-year work life where I've always heard that's the way to go, Vanguard and them. It seems to be the safest, the safest way to live it. You know, you stretch out your life far enough so that there's not much pressure to amass a lot of money. By the time you retire, you should still have some physical strength left so that you can enjoy your golden years. Which sounds horrible. (laughs) I gotta be honest, same. I think the same thing. You finally have worked your whole life to now pretty much sit back and watch the world go by comfortably. (laughs) Now you're going to keep traveling, farming? Even Yeah, whatever your thing is. Eventually, your body won't let you, though. That's the worst part. Like, say you did love hiking. Eventually, it's going to get steeper and steeper, and you can't do it anymore, you know? That's true. But, dude, I've seen some 90-year-olds that are still doing squats, bro. So, I guess maybe it's a mindset. Maybe those people are retired in their head, so they retire in their body. I think it's 100% mindset. Yeah, for sure. This is really, really heavy-duty stuff, but... Yeah, I know. It's wow. I say we just go through the through the topics one by one, as far as we get. Yeah, I. Right. <laughs> so let's see. The guy wants to diversify because we. He says you don't want to take time to learn the markets since you don't want to do that. Just diversify. That way, you know your risk will get reduce and it becomes literally a 30 second maybe a minute thing that you have to go and sign up for you know it's not a sitting here for five hours doing the research dude he also talks about morningstar which is a website you can visit to learn about stocks have you ever used it no i use uh finbis same idea though i've never been on any of those yeah what do they do? They tell you about which stocks you're looking up? Yeah, they track they track stocks. They track tickers. So basically like the history of the stock and what it did. Literally. Yeah. Literally every Oh no, that's cool. That is pretty cool. As he's had a pretty cool quote. I don't know where it was, but he said history doesn't repeat itself, but it's often it's often consistent or something like that. And I was like, that's true, you know, it's not gonna copy, but Seems to come in waves. For real. Let's see. What else does he talk about? He talks about... 
Well, reading all this, what did it move you to? <laughs> well, basically, I guess maybe that might be the simplest way from this point on, but just to sum it up so we're not here trying to bore people to death. What I got from it is that you have to put in more work because you can't just hand... I always plan on like getting to a certain point and just handing it all off and never thinking about it again. But he's saying that this is going to cost me years and years of my life. And that defeats the whole purpose. Yeah, that's a good point. That's one of the major things I took away for sure. But doesn't he also mention you should check it like once a year? I don't remember if it was in this section or a different section that he said that. You yeah, have but to constantly research them and you, yeah, but you have to do that yourself. Oh, yeah. I mean, or you don't if you don't want to. That's the thing you're saying. But then if you're, you're paying somebody time, and you don't want to pay yeah. somebody. Time to money ratio, basically. Yeah, he talks about this time limit. Like, there are these bonds, or not bonds, mutual funds that you buy. And um, they have a target date retirement. So let's say you want to retire by 2050. You buy this. Oh, it's every five years. He said it comes in. I was just reading that. Yeah, they get Five a new year one. Increments. They exactly they take a new one, and then depending on how far you are from your target date, it changes the risk, so it, it diversifies you or re diversifies you. As you get closer to your target date, then they reduce the risk, like they sell more stocks and buy more bonds and stuff like that. It's it's kind of fascinating because you just buy that one ticker and then you. You literally just forget about it. You don't need to rebalance anything. Which, to me, is scary, personally, but everybody has their own preference. It's like letting someone else drive on a racetrack, you know? I think well, it I might not be wheel. the only ticker that you buy, but maybe it'll be one of them. Because he does recommend to split up your portfolio. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely not against putting in 5 $10, whatever, a chunk into there, but... I'm not relying on it 100%. I have a mutual fund. like I hope everybody does at this point. Oh, have you ever looked into your workplace retirement? Yeah, we have. Yeah, it sucks. I got to oh, change man. workplace. That's bad. Is that the key to fix it? It's just a 401k. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. 401ks are kind of, I guess, to each their own. I don't think. Do they match? To a certain percentage. But you can make more money off stocks that you can a 401k can't you probably yeah because the 401k somebody 401k somebody else manages it for you and you have to pay them yeah and then when you cash even it if out, they lose money then when you cash it out you have like to pay a bunch in taxes no that's what i was just gonna say i feel like you get oh, hurt but even if you that. buy stocks you'll still have to pay taxes well yeah but aren't 401ks like really high maybe stocks no. are the same no it's the same though taxes are unavoidable you either have to pay taxes or you'll have to pay fees or time or in jail other. <laughs> or time in jail exactly and then you won't get to spend your money yeah. at all cost you something i like that third one i never thought of that you'll have to pay taxes or fees or time in jail have you guys <laughs> ever checked into the hsa health savings account i haven't not yet no no that one made me feel like i should be doing that too pay it's tax exempt from all your bills oh yeah, yeah that one as long as they're medical well, that's awesome. Like, Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's not a bad one to have. Yeah, that one's different. That one's very attractive. That comes from the plan and retirement accounts. There's five easy steps. Contribute enough to your Roth 
401k to get the company match, which then you're going to max out your Roth IRA, max out your health savings account, finish contributing to the maximum to your Roth, and then invest the remaining into taxable accounts. Oh, so there's accounts you have ready and set up just for taxes. Is that like uh, stocks and stuff? What do they mean by that? Yeah, that's what I was... <laughs> like accounts that would get taxed once you pull out your gains? Oh, he has it right here in the breakdown. Once you've maxed out all your available tax advantage accounts, a taxable account is last in line. So it must be you're supposed to set up accounts that the government won't tax you super hard on first, and then as a last-ditch effort, invest into the ones that do get taxed. Yeah, I'm thinking with the reminding like money, remainder money. Well, I cannot. Say yeah, that maybe word. that is like stocks because when you cash out your stocks, you pay taxes on your gains. So I'm assuming that's what he means. So you try to invest in the ones first that don't tax you heavy on your gains, and then the ones that do. It makes the most sense, though, if you think about it. I mean, you don't want to be getting hurt in the end just because it's going to make you slightly more money. It's really not if it's going to cost you at the end. This part of the book definitely needs to be read. You guys put the U in 303 because we can't do it. It's just, even if we tried, you would just hear us rambling on and on. And Yeah, if you don't read and look at the words, I feel like you're not going to really know what it's talking about. Because as I was listening to it, some of it, I'm just thinking, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, I mean, there's literally, like, chart, literally charts in here. Like, <laughs> go get it from the library. We're not about spending money. Oh, yeah, that's it, true. Is that how you guys got yours? Yeah. Although they want it back now and we're being very rude. Billy, you didn't even have this book until we came along. Yeah, but like, we made you get it. Chapter 25 is my favorite. Just the end. His three key takeaways are just do it, just do it, just do it. <laughs> like, get started. What do you do? And Nike didn't even pay him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, quote that's at the beginning of this chapter, which the chapter is also called Let's Do This. Uh, the quote is, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is now. So if you're like, man, I should have start investing five years ago 10 years ago well even though you didn't start now that's what i think all the time i'm like man i wish i would have done this sooner but i'm like at least at least i've started now because if i didn't start now i'd I'd be even further behind you know so yeah imagine being 10 years older and saying that be like oh man i should have started that's one thing we don't have to ever worry about i guess if it works or doesn't at least we tried oh and our biggest enemy which if we I'm pretty sure we've all come up with this conclusion now is is us or you yourself. Ooh, tell me more. It's one thing to shoot yourself in the foot. Just don't reload the gun. Which kind of <laughs> goes right with the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. It's like the best time is now because it's like, hey, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Plant that tree. But don't wait another 10 years and say it again. So don't reload the gun. It works out. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, you shot yourself in the foot by not starting sooner. Now don't reload it and do it again. But that's it, basically. You are you get in your way most of the time. And you're the one who's not starting. You're the one who's not learning. There is no one else. Yeah, a lot of times we try to wait. We also, we're also like waiting for that person who's going to guide us and show us the way. Or waiting for the perfect time. Mm-hmm. But there's no such thing. The perfect time was 10 years ago. 
That's right. Longer for some. <laughs> the biggest risk in your journey to level seven is your own fear and greed. Both can cause you to make investment mistakes. The key is to stick to our investments, plan through the good markets and bad. To help yourself do this, never stop learning. The three concepts. Yeah, like the to help yourself do this, never stop learning. Let's see, this uh, paragraph in the book says, Life is difficult. This is a great truth. One of the greatest truths. It is a great truth because once we truly see this truth, we transcend it. Once we truly know that life is difficult, once we truly understand and accept it, then life is no longer difficult. Because once it is accepted, the fact that life is difficult no longer matters. Sticking to an investment plan is difficult. I got lost on how many truths you just said. (laughs) (laughs) So sticking to an investment plan is difficult, but you need to do it anyways. And I, I don't know. I feel like once you get started, it's not nearly as hard. And as anything, as you start, like, it might be weird at first, but the first couple times, and then you're going to be excited after a while. Technical difficulties. Oh, that's what we were talking about. Sticking to a plan is difficult. Yeah. But I feel like sticking to a plan is the same as, like, any routine you have in your, you know, the same reason you make your bed or do anything. Like, you you have to invest. You have to pick up your house. Like, it's just... The rules of life. Uh, that's true. Yeah. There's really no way to build build wealth without without investing, without having money work for you. It's just the only way. If you don't get money to work for you, then you'll never. And stop getting in debt. Those are the two. <laughs> don't make it go the other way, basically. Because debt is the opposite of investing, I feel like. Everything has to have. Yeah, a... it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, debt is like sabotaging your future self. As we've Very talked true. about before, that you, you're you your shadow from two years ago, so that is literally your shadow coming back to haunt you. How fun was that thing you bought two years ago and sits in your garage? It's still there. And never stop learning, as obvious, I mean. I was just <laughs> I would hope. Especially if you're on Learn With Us, I mean. You're here to learn. I like how he says... You don't have to be a money geek like I am, but don't stick your head in the sand. No, that makes sense. There's a happy medium. You don't have to go full on, but there's no point of hiding and pretending it doesn't exist. Yeah, at the end of the day, if you don't take care of it now, your kids are going to have to end up taking care of you. And eventually they're going to get tired (laughs) and send you to a house and then you'll die. So getting help means learn there's no other answer for getting help you have to learn yourself there's you can ask but that one cost him over forty thousand dollars which took away over a million dollars in the long run from him if you do the investing with the help oh yeah here's where it talks about the commissions if you end up uh paying somebody uh that's what he was saying about some investment professionals earn fees through commissions paid to them from the investments they sell you. So if you have somebody do it for you, then you will be paying them. So just remember that is going to cut into your uh, retirement and it's going to affect how quickly you're able to hit your goal. Which I mean, I, I don't really feel like it's necessarily a bad thing, but you just need to be aware of how much it's pulling no, that's all your, he says, too. No, he he doesn't say there is a right or wrong way to doing this. He says that 
know what you it know, costs. I feel like you can no, even at have... first he said at first he said, yeah, don't pay. Yeah. But I... now he's saying if you want to like know what it costs. I don't right? know. I then feel like you could do it. it. I feel like you could do it for like I mean, do it as long as long or as little as you want, but I mean, even if you went in and you have to find a good one though. Make sure you find a good one. No, that is something you need and... to shop around. It's not you don't go to the first guy and be like, "Here's my money, take it, go." Yeah. Cuz some people are just out to make a dollar for themselves. Um, but, I mean, even if you did it for, you know, first one, two, three years uh, to learn more and maybe get your feet wet and figure out what you're actually doing, that would maybe help you. And then you could always get rid of them after you feel comfortable taking it over yourself, I suppose. No, that's a good idea because you could see the profits and be like, oh, wow, he can really do that? That's a thing? Yeah, and a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but like Warren Buffett and Charles Munger, they say that having a lot of money a lot of times kind of keeps you from taking advantage of really good opportunities because once you get a lot of money, then you have to focus on large companies, but then large companies very rarely make big moves. Like they, they're on a solid climb, right? Mm-hmm. But if you go to a low cap company, let's say a company that just started and hasn't created anything yet, but it's on the path to creating something very, very useful. See, if you're if you have a lot of money, you're never going to notice that company because you just th- don't have the time to worry about it or do the research but to see how it's going to grow. Or... Even if, even if you, you just won't because you won't focus on those kind of companies. You're focusing on larger. You have to focus. Cap. Exactly. You have to. So if you get help from somebody who can help you focus on those smaller caps and help you find those good investments, then you're not going to see 10% returns. You're going to be looking at 50 to 100% returns. Oh, it's like the rat race game where eventually you jump out of all that and you're only worried about buying companies at that point. You're not worried because you're not not, necessarily. Well, I just think about how, you know, we do all that stock and we're like, oh, but we made all that money. And we're like, yeah, but that's nothing compared to what we're about to do. So you don't worry about bringing that with you. I get it. Exactly. You're like you're you're making an investment because you know that later on when you don't need the guy anymore, he's going to have set. He will have set you up. No, that's I guess. I haven't really put that together yet myself. Another thing, another thing that I would like to say, well, and this is not advice, but I heard this from someone else is if you're going to go to a financial advisor, go to a, go to a few, don't just settle for the first one, like you guys said, and then make also make sure that your advisor has the spirit of a teacher, not the spirit of a salesman. Oh no, that's what Alita was saying earlier that they're literally out there to get you. They're out to, some no, yeah, Some not them. everyone. They're they're there. They're, maybe maybe it's not to get you, but it's they're there to make a dollar for themselves. Well, yeah, they need to get paid. They have to. They need I mean, to get yeah, paid, everyone but... has to get paid. But there's the I want. I'm going to teach you in the process of me getting paid, or it's I don't really care. Give me your money so I can get paid. So as Juan is saying, you need to go to two, three, and you need to find the one that's like, oh hey, well yeah, I'd love to. I. Oh, I mean, I don't really have, I only take 10 customers a year, not the guy who's like, oh, I'll take 100 people. I don't care. I, I can handle it. He's just mm-hmm. in it for the money. I feel like that's the way I did my taxes, too. We we did a little bit of looking around 
Yeah, well, dude, I, well, I get what this guy's saying. He's saying, do you want to make sure that you do this as fast as possible? So you want to spend as least as possible. But the thing is that, okay, for me, I want to do this as fast as possible. But at the same time, I want to make sure that it's as sound as possible. Also, I can think of myself going to the gym. I could do that by myself. I could, I could learn. I could become a personal trainer and train myself. But it's never the same when you have somebody else next to you looking at your movements and giving you a, like a like an objective feedback. No, yeah, if, I get what you're saying. You, you're thinking, I'm doing right? these the best way possible. And the guy's like, what are you doing? You're not even hitting that muscle or whatever, you, you know. Like and that feed that feedback is invaluable. You might be saving one percent, but hey, you're just buying companies that give you ten percent yearly. But look, this guy knows of companies that are about to explode because they got this new medication. Huh? Might be worth looking into them, but you'll never find out if you don't have somebody advising you. <laughs> you're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> blowing your mind? What? Tell me more. Tell me more. What do you mean? I guess. I got, you know, I get reading these books and I get so one-sided almost. I feel like I don't objectively think about it. So I'm, I'm like, oh, that, you know, this guy's making sense. What, you know, and here you are like, wait a second, you know, it sounds good. And it is good. But then again, like you're saying, the best basketball player needs someone to tell him. Where I guess boxing's a better one. The coaches are usually not pro people. I love that analogy. Yeah. They are the ones that teach them, you know. Without a good coach, you'll never have a good boxer. And I bet your ass that no freaking gold athlete has a coach that does it for free. No, so that's where it comes in that you need to figure out, is the cost worth it? You know, like if it's half a percent, well, you know, oh, that's going to take you an extra two years or five years. But that five years, you're going to be twice as rich than it's worth every five years. We're all, it's worth the five years of extra work. Yeah. The, I think what's the, the key, the key, the key point is that he says in the long run, mutual funds outperform actively managed funds, but in the long run, and it is true, I think it's like 80% also 80% of actively managed funds underperform the market. Do you think that's because so, it's not their money? So they're not like, if it's your money, you're looking every day, you're caring more. This guy's like 30% caring, you know? I I think it's, I, oh, interesting. So I'm going to go for the simplest explanation, which in this case is just a standard deviation. When you go to school, you only get a few people that are the best in, that that get all A's. So those are the 20%. Everybody else, the the 80% are just like the C's and these students. But they all graduate, make it. though. They get what yeah, you're saying. They make it, but they made it very barely made it. I like that. No, that's perfect because then, yeah, like you're saying, so there is going to be more of them, but they're out there. There still is that A student that loves every minute of it and studied hard. I believe that with all my heart. No, yeah. It almost has to be, <laughs> statistically. What more can we say? Oh, hold on. So let's, let's, let me, I have a question. So I think it was a couple, maybe, maybe a year ago, you would, um, 
Oh, but you already changed. Okay, I I'm going to ask it anyways. So remember what it was that made you change your mind or if you change your mind regarding whether a person should either just pay debt and invest or do both at the same time? Remember that you just... Yeah, you I, would, I mean, I'm just still... Pay the debt. I mean, I, I don't practice it, but I still believe that's the best and I don't know why. I don't know if it's like some old mindset I have or... But no, I still think that way that if I had the money right now, like say I found $50,000 that I wouldn't be like, oh, I got to split half of it with my debt. You know, I mean, I'm going to put it all the debt first. Then the rest is going to investing. Not that I have $50,000 in debt, but I'm just using that as an example. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it would be better to just pay off that 50000 And then from there on, every dollar I make, I'm putting straight into investing because I could live, I know I can live minus all these bills. I've been doing it. So once those bills are paid off, then all that is going straight into invest. Yeah. That's my thoughts. What's your opinion on that, Ben? Uh, it would depend. Yeah, to me, it would depend. I, I would try to leverage debt as much as possible before, pay, before paying it off. No, that's a major Just, thing. You can call and that's like, that's a real thing. You can call them and say, hey, I have a plan and this is real. Like we learned in the last book, like they will listen or help you or accept it. Some will accept less just because less is better than nothing. Isn't it? Isn't that crazy? You know, yeah. People are like, no, they won't. They're like, they will because they're like, I'm not yeah. going to spend all this money trying to track you down and all this. Like, give me something and call it even. Yeah. It's, it's at the end of the day, it's a human system. <laughs> There's humans on the other side of the phone line. So you can be human. <laughs> You can argue, yeah, you can talk to them and explain your situation. They'll do anything to get paid. No, they, yeah, they want your money as little as much yeah. as they can. Like, and we say that with internet companies and stuff. I've, you know, you go to quit and they do the same thing. They're like, wait, why? You're like, I can't afford this. They're like, but if I give you this new deal for the next six months, can you afford it? And you're like, yeah, I guess. But you're like, you could have been doing this the whole time. Hmm. So I guess it's, it's definitely best to start investing. There's no, you can't argue that. I can't, at the end of the day, you can't argue, start investing now, yesterday, True. 10 years ago. <laughs> True. And, and, and I guess another thing that should, it's worth mentioning is that if you, if you see yourself in the hole, if you think that you have, that you've dug yourself so deep and you owe so much money and you're so far behind, there's, there's still, options no you can literally claim bankruptcy like that's not a joke you get two of them in your that's lifestyle or your lifetime don't you i feel like but even just the before one before people start saying oh what are you doing <laughs> but even just the one you shouldn't ever need it again but like say you have spent your whole life in the blue pill and everything was great and now you're like oh man i'm done for but go do that you know that when we did it, we didn't even lose our house or nothing. Like they, they didn't come out viciously trying to find every dollar and took our TV away or nothing. Like, I mean, I didn't do it, but it was just for Amanda from her past life before. How was your experience going through that? Everything I witnessed from her was that it was very. They want they want to do it just like you're saying. They're human too. They're like, you know, they get paid. It's not a free service, so they're like, okay, let's do it. And then, They'll help you every step. They'll get you the paperwork. They, they were trying to make me do it too. They're like, oh, you owe this much? Oh, well, why don't you just do it? I'm like, whoa, whoa, I'm not that bad yet. <laughs> There's a salesperson, gotcha. Oh, for sure. She's 
And she's good. At least this one was. Tried to convince me. Dude, we never explain what a small cap and a large cap company is. I feel like that's homework that the audience needs to do for the reason that if we explain it, they're going to forget something you need to put the homework in. I like that. But that's basically refers to the market valuation. I mean, if you have a simple way to, I'm always down for a simple explanation. Uh, yeah. So the, the market cap refers to the market valuation of the company as a whole. So whatever the company is worth or we think it's worth, that's the cap. And there it's measured in millions of dollars, but actually billions, billions of dollars, at least in the US, because the US don't joke around, son. So you get like large caps. It's any company that has that's worth. So like a small cap company, it's so small caps are any company that has a market value capitalization between 300 million and 2 billion holy <laughs> holy cow that's small Talk about... <laughs> that's small bro oh. that's small and then a large cap anything over 10 billion that's not even like real numbers i know they sound like fake numbers so that's gonna do it for this week come back for part five practical considerations it's six chapters basically the end the conclusion of everything Whoa. we just learned. So this was intense. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> a lot of information. I feel like we're gonna have to keep talking. Well, we're gonna keep talking about this kind of stuff. Anyway. No, and as we get better, we'll be able to explain it better. That's the dealio. Learn with us is because we're not learned. We're not learned yet. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> Please learn us. <laughs> But that sounds like that English. Might would it be proper? <laughs> we haven't like learned. It. We yet. haven't learned. Yeah. So that. No, we're not learned. <laughs> we're not learned. Yeah. I knew. I knew we weren't learned, but I did not know we were not that learned. No, and that's the thing. I thought we were a little more. You know, I thought we were, were almost financial people. But now it's like, oh no. Yeah. No, we're still in the rat race. That's true. It's hard to talk about it when you're still. In it. <laughs> soon though so. i hope to see everybody then bye bye peace see you later alligator thank you for joining us this week we hope you've enjoyed our discussion and found it both informative and entertaining please stay connected with us and continue the conversation on our social media you can follow us on twitter facebook youtube and tiktok you can also catch us on most podcast platforms and catch up on previous episodes if you have any suggestions or topics you'd like us to explore in the future, we'd love to hear from you, and you can reach out to us via email at 303andU at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends and family if you've enjoyed what you've heard. We will be back next week with more engaging topics and insightful conversations. Until then, take care, stay curious, and happy learning.